Welcome to the Embracing Abundant Life podcast, where we encourage and empower the listener. During this season, we want to make a visible impact with our 2021 outreach initiative. Go to asparkministries.com forward slash outreach to find out how you can be a part and receive an Aspark Impact t-shirt. Now, join our host as she talks with this week's guest. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Embracing Abundant Life. I'm your host, Dr. Avis Sparks, and I have with me today, Melissa Moore. She is a Christian writer. She's a speaker. She hosts Faith, Hope, and Love show in the podcast. And it, with that, she basically just wants to encourage women to grow together in their faith and increase in love and learn how to better love God and love other people. She has, she does much, a a lot of outreach mops, mom's next program. And we're going to learn what that is about, but she's an assistant coordinator there. She um, works with her church's women's department and she loves to teach. And today we're just happy to have her on. Um, How are you doing today, Melissa? Doing great. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I really appreciate the opportunity. I would just like to know your journey, you know, just getting to this, to this place of wanting to just encourage women in their faith and, and hope and love. How did you get to this place? What what brought you to want to minister to women? Awesome. Yeah. So I, um, started going to church when I was around six years old. My dad, when my parents got divorced, he, uh, decided to start going back to church and that set my life on a completely uh, different trajectory than it could have been had my dad not started going to church. Um, my childhood was fairly chaotic again with my parents divorcing when I was pretty young. And uh, my mom really struggled with depression and suicidality. And so that was a really big part of my um, middle school to college and young adult years, um, walking through that with her. And my dad was always my rock and being a part of a church community where we lived was really what saved my life. And I mean, there was so much of my high school years that I struggled with depression as well. Um, kind of like my mom. And it was really because of being part of a church body that my life was completely different. Having amazing youth pastors that just poured the love of God into my life. And obviously having my dad being a strong rock in his faith. Uh, I just interviewed with him last week for my podcast, and I was just brought to tears being able to remember those things that my dad had done. And so for me, you know, in around high school, high school and college, my uh, big goal was to, to use what God had taught me through my childhood to encourage other people. I was going to become a therapist. That was my goal. God had different plans. Um, I'm now a mom and I'm involved in different ministries and capacities that I never had dreamed of. And my life looks totally different than I thought it would when I was a senior in high school, but I am so thankful for where God has me today. With your, uh, your program, what are like some of the topics that you actually kind of address? Yeah. So, um, one of my big, uh, passions is, is studying God's word and being able to incorporate it into our lives. So the first series that I did, um, I'm about a year into my podcast now, the first part of the first series I did was um, the life and teachings of Jesus and being able to look at his life and, and seeing just the way that he lived and being able to apply that into our lives now. 
Um, I'm currently in a momentum series, which is based off of Hebrews 12 verses one through three. And it kind of talks about, you know, therefore, because we have this great cloud of witnesses, these people of faith um, behind us, let us now run forward on this race toward Jesus, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. And so that has been like my passion is being able to help and encourage women through that series, especially to lay down their burdens, right? Whether it's, you know, sin that has been done to them, the brokenness of life or the sins that they have had to come up against. I share some of my story, the things that I've had to overcome. Um, Again, both things that had been done to me as well as my own sin that I had to address. Um, And then this idea of then moving forward, how do we as women put our eyes on Jesus in practical ways, growing in the fruit of the spirit? How do we, how do we do that in a way that, um, allows us to, to reach the full potential that we were created by God for. Mm-hmm. And then now we're actually moving into this moving others part of the series, this idea that, you know, the passage, the writer of Hebrews talks about, let us run our race with endurance. It's a, it's a communal race. It's a, we're running together. And so this idea of how do we as believers run our race well and bring other people alongside us so that we can then run together toward Jesus. So that's my passion is just helping women to, to know God better, to experience God in a new way, experience the, the fruit of the spirit in their lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's the current series. And that's just really my heartbeat is for women just to, to know God, to love God, um, experience the love of God and be able to share that love with other people. Um, obviously that's part of my, uh, the faith, hope, love tongue twister you had to say earlier there, but, um, yeah, that's my, um, my passion. You talked about practicality, you know, of, of the word of God and, and how he lived his life for you and your journey. When did you begin to say that this can't be practical? Because a lot of times we grow up in church and we hear a lot of things, you know, it, they sound wonderful. They're awesome. I mean, they can even put smiles in our, you know, on our faces and and warmth in our hearts. But it's like when we go out and we're living life, it, sometimes that's where the, the halt starts is that when we're trying to get to the living life part so on your journey or as did it start early that practicality of the word of God in your life absolutely and you know obviously I loved reading your book I feel like you talked quite a bit about that as well in the book um but I I feel like I was I'm very thankful I grew up in a really strong bible believing church it was like a little little baptist church a little small town and just people that I saw living it out and it's the there was the draw for me just to see this is what my life could look like if, if this is the trajectory I stay on. And I think it was really when I was in high school is when it kind of started to become real to me that, um, again, my mom was struggling with depression. There was a couple of suicide attempts um, from her. And I, I kind of had to come to a point where I asked God, you know, can you do something about this? Can you fix this? Mm-hmm. And, and even if things don't change, do you still love me? And there was, a, there was so many moments that I could talk about where God's love just really washed over me, but it was kind of like, I just had to realize that God was the only thing in life that really matters. And, and it was the love of God that really got me through that whole season. Um, she did end up passing away. And now it's this year will be five years. Um, and it's something that over, over time that I had to come to grips with that, um, that the Bible isn't just some random book that's been written by people. It's the inspired word of God that gives us the ability to, to move through life. Even when difficult things happen, we, um, also in 2013, we had three miscarriages back to back. 
And it was another one of those seasons where it was like, God, where are you in this moment? And in, in the frustration and the anger and the depression and sadness, I look back now and I can see Jesus sitting right there with me. And it was, it was in those kinds of moments in those difficult, you know, bottom of the pit kind of moments that I realized that God was with me, even in those things. And that's why I do what I do, because I, I want women to know when they're in the trenches, when they feel like there's no hope left, that God is still right there beside them, walking with them through it, loving them through everything that they could ever face. Um, so it was in those kind of moments that it, I, I kind of had to realize I can't do life on my own. I can't do this on my own. And it's truly through the love of God and understanding diving deep into his word, knowing that it is again, not just a book written by a bunch of people. Yeah. It's the inspired breathed God breathed word of God. And, and that's something that I can rely on when I'm feeling discouraged. I can read and pour into it and, and it speaks and it breathes life into me when I don't, I don't have anything left to give. It was those kind of moments that really made the word of God come alive for me. If you don't mind sharing, you, you're talking about these moments where you, when you reflect, you see, okay, Jesus was there. Do you mind sharing like a moment and you're like, okay, yeah, I, at that time, at that moment, I didn't feel his presence. But now that I look back, I see he was right there with me. Yeah, I have, I have two that were, that are pretty strong um, for me. The first one was when I was, I want to say probably a sophomore in high school, maybe a little bit younger. Um, when my mom was really going through serious depression, I was started going through depression. I had a moment where I essentially had, had decided that I, I didn't want to continue living that I had, I started, I made a plan for how to end my life. And I had a moment where I was sitting on the bathroom floor and it was, I probably like two in the morning. Mm -hmm. And I remember hearing this voice. I love you. Mm -hmm. Your dad loves you. Your youth pastor's wife, she loves you you are loved. And that kept me from injuring myself. And it was a moment that like, I will forever look back upon and just be so thankful um, again for the love of God. That was a big one. Um, and then the other one being when I was, um, we had just had our third miscarriage. I, we were in a new town. I didn't know anybody. I just felt so alone. And it was another one of those moments. Um, it was right after we'd first found out I was driving in the car. And I was just so angry at God. And, and it like looking back now, it was as if he was, I was in the driver's seat and he was just sitting right beside me. And even though I was so angry, he just spoke these like words of love over me. And, um, I don't know why sitting in the car. Sometimes I feel like that's like when I really connect with him. Cause it's, it's the only time that I'm really by myself and I really am forced to face the feelings that I'm feeling. Okay. And it, it's really in those moments that he just, um, he spoke hope over me, spoke love over me, um, even in the midst of my anger that he still loved me. There was nothing that could separate me from God's love. And I'm just grateful. I'm just so grateful. Yeah. Thank you for sharing those really just monumental and just touching stories with us because, um, you know, he, he does it for you. He, and he, he wants to do that for everybody. You know, he wants to, express his love to each and every one of us and and you know I have my sister she likes to uh, use that saying try God you know people want to say I don't know if he's real I don't know she's like just try him you know like if you don't if you can't believe the words that I'm saying about him you know his love for you and what he wants to do you yourself he I'm telling you he loves you you know he 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 considers you and so if I want you to try him don't take it 
for my word, you know, for yourself, you try him and see if he doesn't meet up with you. You know, if he doesn't speak to you or move on your behalf, um, I mean, you sincerely come to him about whatever that thing is, you know. And uh, so in this season of your life, I know you, you've faced a lot of things, but in this season of your life, and I'm not saying it has to be something just, you know, bad, <laughs> um, but are trying, but what has God been impressing uh, upon you about, about you and, and, and what you're, what you're doing this season? Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a lot, I mean, this has been a long, uh, year and a half, you know, with COVID and stuff, it's, it has really challenged me to, I guess, acknowledge the way that I always relied upon myself and didn't always lean on to God, okay. try to kind of run on my own strength. And especially with parenting in this season where, you know, my son was in kindergarten doing distance learning. Now he's in first grade. We've had some challenges um, with both of our young boys. And it's been this season, I think of God just saying, you need to put it before me. It's just, mm -hmm. if you try to carry all of this weight, you try and, and control all these situations, you're not loving your kids. You're not loving the season of life, this gift that I've given you, yeah. you know, you you begged me for these children and you're feeling frustrated with them. And it, it's really been this, I don't have to be perfect that God can fill in for my lack. Okay. I don't have to earn the love of God that he loves me in, in everything. Mm. And, you know, I don't, you know, my kids aren't going to be perfect. I'm not perfect. They're not going to be perfect. Mm. And to lay down those expectations, put, you know, essentially say, God, I, I trust you with my children's lives. I know you have a plan for their lives. And there's nothing that I, that I personally, I'm Alyssa can do to, to, you know, change them or force them to be anything. I just have to lay them before God and just trusting that he again has created them, has a plan for their lives. And, you know, he loves them even more than I do. So, those have been some things I've just had to lay before him and just trust, you know, he's again, he's God, he's sovereign, he's in control of all things. And I'm not, and that's hard. My personality just wants to hold on so tightly and, and, and make things happen, but he's like, you got to let go. You just got to let go. And that's one thing with, with being a mother, I think that he's, he's spoken to my life also. It's like, um, you know, just say me and my mom's relationship. My mom didn't know everything that was going on in my life. You know, she didn't know every little thing that happened, every offense, you know, or even the struggle that I had. But I could see, even though my mom didn't know, even though my dad, you know, might've been clueless about <laughs> many a thing. It's like, he was there, you know, like, and I saw him there. I felt him there in my life. And so it's like, can I believe him to be the same God for my children as he was to me, you know? And so sometimes when I do get that, that urge, <laughs> so when I hold on and mold myself, it's like, Hey, let me do, you know, it's like God said, let me do my job. You know, you do yours, you know, put, continue to do yours faithfully. And, and like, as you said, just have a joy about it because I think that mentality to want to hold on to it makes us release our joy because we're trying to hold on to some of the, you know, and meddle in some of the wrong things. And so it's like, yeah, just get into that place of like, okay, we can enjoy this, you know, first thing. 
<laughs> and this, you know, the other thing is just like, let God be God in their lives too. You know, like, you know, I don't have to be, I don't have to, you know, every little character flaw that I honestly is like a mirror, you know, looking at them like, oh my goodness, they have that <laughs> issue too, you know, like, and you want to fix it, you know? But it's like, okay, let's not do that. You know, he, it took, you know, I'm, I'm still, I'm, well, I'm 36 now. And it's like, he, I'm still, you know, God's like, I'm still working on you, you know, leave this, you know, six-year-old, this four-year-old alone, you know? So let them have their journey, you know, and enjoy them. So, but yeah. And I think well, that's, I mean, that's like a universal thing for parents, I think. And it's like, I think it comes out of a heart of love, you know, that you mm-hmm. really just want the best for your kids. And it was funny when I interviewed with my dad last week, he said a lot of the same things. He just wanted to spare us the trouble yeah. of going through the things that he went through. And I'm just, you know, that's, I think as parents, you know, as we love our kids, we want them to not experience the same pain that we did not struggle the way we did, even as little, little kids. And I I'm realizing, yeah, it's, it's a heart issue for me that I have mm-hmm. to address. And it's like, if I'm, if I'm clinging to Jesus, if I'm daily asking for the Holy spirit to renew my life, then I'm going to feel the fruit of his spirit, love, joy, and peace. Mm -hmm. I mean, those three, man, as parents, we need as much of that as we can get. Cause if we don't have it for ourselves, we can't give it to our kids. Give it out. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, uh, even a time that I went through, it was like, my son would be surprised. It's like, what you're smiling about? It's like, oh my goodness, I don't smile enough. <laughs> like, why is it a surprise? It's like, he gets, he gets excited. Like, oh, mommy's actually smiling about something. Oh. You know? <laughs> uh, and I'm like, oh, this is, this is not good. You know, you know, <laughs> your, your children are kind of like your, um, you know, thermometer about a lot of things. It's like, okay, you know, because they, they pay attention to you. They really are just looking at you, engaging, you know, their lives by how you're, you're doing your thing. And so, yeah, they, they'll, they'll make you check yourself. Um, so we were talking about your, your series about momentum as believers. And so where do we actually get this momentum from, or what is this momentum defined as? Um, we were talking about uh, our walk of faith. Absolutely. So, you know, you know, I look at this, <clears throat> sorry, I look at this, this chap, this section in Hebrews 12, you know, and it talks about this idea of, you know, again, therefore, because of the great cloud of witnesses, these people of faith before us, let us throw it on everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with endurance, with perseverance, the race marked out for us, our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. Obviously it keeps going, but this idea that as we take the time to address our burdens and our sins, throw them down, right? It's, it's something that, you know, as, as humans, we're very inclined to picking back up the things that hold us down. Um, and you talk about that in your book too, that we've got to maintain that health. Um, but, you know, if we lay down those things, we can actually run with perseverance, right? We want to have this forward momentum. One, we want to be running in the right direction, right? Mm-hmm. And if our, if our eyes aren't on Jesus, we're going to run the wrong way. Mm-hmm. And it's that perseverance, that endurance. And it only comes from putting our eyes on Jesus. I think part of that is studying his life, right? Knowing his word, memorizing his word, um, spending time in prayer, talking with him. Obviously, you, you look at Jesus' life, so much of his life he spent um, in solitude, talking with God, right? That prayer was a huge, huge part of his life. Um, obviously he was God, but he also spent time in communion with the father. And we need to do that mirroring his life, putting our eyes on Jesus also means spending time in worship, right? Acknowledging who God is and praising him for it. 
I feel like when we put our eyes on him and, and, and do that, we're intentional about that worship. It, um, it forces us to realize how big God is and how small our problems are. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last one is spending time in community, right? Jesus built community within the group of 12 disciples. And then that church, that movement really spread and grew because of the, the way that they lived, loving and caring for one another, meeting each other's needs. And I think it's by doing that, that we're able to maintain a positive momentum, obviously running in the right direction toward Jesus is number one. Um, but doing those things that we're consistently putting our eyes on him, looking at his life and, and doing our best to live it out. And I think we don't, we can't do that if we're not in community with a healthy body of believers. Mm. And I think it's when we do that, that we're able to, of, of course, grow in the spirit as he continues to indwell us and, and strengthen himself within us. But also, you know, inspiring that in other people. I think, you know, that's the the great commission, right? That we're we're called to to share this with all nations and and that all nations starts the person next door, you know? And so it that's been the really the big thing for me is that God's been saying, I want you to keep moving forward. Um, and not just, you know, one, you know, it's one step at a time. It takes endurance. It's not a overnight things are just gonna, you know, slip into place, but you know, he has a plan even greater than mine. And all I have to do is put my eyes on him. I'm doing that, hopefully (laughs) doing the things that he's asking me to do. And I don't have to force anything. I don't have to rush ahead. Um, I can just walk faithfully with my people around me and, you know, you know, encouraging other people and supporting them obviously through the gifts that he's given me and, and inspiring them to use their gifts. And if we can all do that as the body of believers moving forward toward Jesus, then, I mean, that's like the, to me, the, the best way we can, can live life. So. So this momentum thing is like, it's, it, it starts somewhere, but it takes a lot of different other moving parts to continue to, to this, this progression forward. And this so happened, my son, he brought this book home, his, his weekly reading, he was talking about um, ba- science and baseball. And so it was talking about momentum, actually. And in it, it was describing how you get momentum behind the ball with the pitcher. But it started at the feet and then it came up and then, you know, releasing it through the hands. And so it's like this momentum, it was like built up. It didn't just come through, you know, from the hands, just opening up and releasing it. It was like, it came from the feet and it came. And so we have to think about that in life, right? That's what you're telling us is just all the other parts of us that, that go into actually moving forward in Christ, you know, that, as you said, where, where our eyes are directed and who are we bringing alongside us and what we're doing in our study time and in our worship and in our free time, like all these things come, come together and they, 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 you know, project the ball forward as, in this momentum to, to, to make things happen. And, and so um, we were doing the series this summer uh, dealing with, with healing. And, we, and one of the things that we we're just emphasizing is that God wants us to continue to go forward. It's from glory to glory. It's a progression. You know, this life is, is a progression, you know, like, yes, our, yeah, our, our physical bodies, they meet, a, they meet a peak and they start to decline, but spiritually is, is there's no, there, it, we can continue to just continue to go forward, to go, you know, higher in him. And so if you ever just feel yourself like, you know, you like you're hitting a plateau. It's like that you already know that's not where God has you stopping, you know, because this is a, a living, moving, breathing thing with God. It's just this relationship. And so we should continue to want to go forward. And I appreciate you just encouraging an, us in that just 
have momentum, continue to, to push yourself forward and, and to utilize these things to, to do it. I mean, they're all important. And um, I just have a question for you. It's like, uh, you, you spoke about worship. So I wanted to know just what is your, 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 your thing about what, what's your song? What, what gets you into the mood of just uh, going before God in worship or just walking through the day in worship? But what, is, what is it that you do? What is it that you like to listen to? Yeah, I, um, I'll be the first to say, I, uh, I don't like doing my chores, but if I have worship music on, I'm more inclined to <laughs> want to do it. Um, it almost is like an act of worship, um, for him, but, um, I mean, there's been so many songs over the last year that have really spoken to my heart, but I think the one that has come up for me most recently is, um, Gyra by Maverick City Music. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. I actually get to see them in person on Friday. Oh. Uh, I'm really excited just to get to, again, <laughs> worship with other believers and stuff, uh, in person which will be really cool. But um, the first time I heard that song, it was just the, even just the first couple lines, I just broke down crying. I was in my car by myself when it came on the radio. And um, there's just, there's so much about it that really just reminds me of the, the amount of love that God has for me that there's, I know there's nothing that I could do to be more loved than I am right now. And I don't have to bring a trophy to God. I don't have to do anything to prove myself to be worthy to him, to be loved. That was a big thing for me growing up. I always felt this and it was never from like my dad or anything like that, but I always felt like I had to earn my space in the world. I wanted to be a high achieving person. And I'm still that way naturally today. I want to do big things. I want to, I want to do things for God that, you know, impacts the Mm -hmm. church and, but God through that song has really just said to me, like, you don't have to earn my love. I already love you. Mm-hmm. I think that's been a thread throughout my whole life is that I just love you and, and you don't have to earn it. You don't have to, you know, spin your wheels. Um, and the whole, again, momentum idea too, that it's not a sprint, right? We're not, we don't have to run and, and tire ourselves into the ground, but it's, it's just this consistently moving forward through the, the power that is God's love. Mm-hmm. Um, and the idea too, that, you know, that he is enough, right. I, I'm most days am not enough, right. That I, I feel tired. I get frustrated. I get weary, but it's because of his enoughness that I'm able to do anything at all. I love my kids, mm-hmm. you know, be involved in the you know ministries that he's put me in for the season. And it's, that's enough. Right. And there's a, another part kind of near the end that talks about how, you know, it's, out, I didn't want to say it's like Matthew six, I should know this, but you know, if he, if he dresses the lilies with beauty and splendor, how much more will he love you? And if he cares for the sparrow, how much more does he love you than the sparrow? And again, that's been one of those things that it's like, God's going to continue to provide. He's going to continue to meet our needs. And it's out of the love. We don't have to worry about our lives, right? God has a plan. He had it set from the very beginning of time and and we don't have to worry. You know, we don't have to worry. God's enough. Um, and it's because he's enough that we can, we can be enough and not extravagant, not (laughs) crazy, but like just enough. And, and that is enough for me. You know, um, I, again, I want to be someone that, that does all these grand bold things all the time, but enough sometimes is, is good, you know, just that steady, the steadiness of God, the faithfulness of God, you know, we're called to be faithful um, as well. And 
I don't know, that song is really just, um, just breathe new life into me. I still, I mean, I listen to it all the time. I cry still every time I listen to it. Cause I think it's just some, it's just some simple truth that we're loved by God and he's enough for us. Yeah. It is a beautiful song. I really enjoy listening to it myself in the car and at home. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to speak just a moment about um, that the program you're talking about, the Gateway Mops and Moms Next. Is that something just in you all's area? Is it something that um, is just throughout California? Is that, you know, organization that kind of is national? Yeah, so um, Mops International is actually international. There's there's moms groups around the world. Uh, it's, it's pretty cool. But um, yeah, if you just search uh, Mops, I want to say it's mops.org. Sorry, I hope I'm not wrong on that. But um, there's groups all over the place. And uh, what I like about our group is it's not just moms of preschoolers, but it's moms, mops and mops next, mops next. So it's from essentially when you're pregnant through uh, grade 12. And it has been so cool to be able to have a community of of women that are, again, seeking after God and um, just different kind of ages. We have mentor moms as well that have, you know, had kids raised and they're not out of the house and they can kind of speak in our lives, um, I'm a really big fan of, of mentoring in the church, discipleship in the church and mops, I feel like is a really great way. Um, because not only does it meet women that are not Christians that are just moms in our community looking for support, um, but it also allows, um, more mature believers to speak hope and life into us. Mm. Um, when it's sometimes more comfortable just to hang out with our peers. Right. Um, but to have this intentional discipleship, um, and then, it, you know, the opportunities to serve. Um, I started off as a table leader, then um, doing social media and publicity stuff. And now I'm um, the assistant coordinator for the group, as well as doing the marketing and publicity stuff. And it's it's been neat to be part of a community with other women that um, are wanting to be better moms. And I think it's it's just been a really big blessing to be able to be a part of that ministry. Melissa, can you just... Uh... Let us know, you know, how we can follow you, um, your podcast information, um, your website. What, what, how can we reach out to just follow you and the things that you're doing and the impact that you're become a part of the impact that you're trying to make in women's lives? For sure. Yeah. So um, my podcast, the audio is obviously on every podcast app out there. Um, and then the video I post onto IGTV. Um, so that's at, uh, at more.faith.hope.love. And then on Facebook, it posts to um, Faith, Hope, Love at Melissa with Melissa Moore um, is the page. And I've got a women's community as well. So if you're looking to be encouraged daily, we do um, weekly memory verses and stuff to kind of, again, keep our eyes on Jesus. Um, that's where I post some of the videos. We have engagement with different women um, around the, I think we have a couple international, but mostly around uh, the United States that we pray for each other. We encourage each other. And it's just a kind of space to, um, it's a private group just to kind of connect with other women that are like-minded, that are wanting to grow in faith, hope, and love. So yeah, that's, that's uh, where you can find me. Well, thank you so very much for just your testimony, your encouragement. Um, we thank you all for joining us for this episode of Embracing Abundant Life. Until next time, you all be blessed. We pray that this episode of Embracing Abundant Life has blessed you. Tune in next week as we continue the Overcomer series. We are more than just conquerors. Because of Christ's love for us, we are children of God and allowed to live an abundant life. If you are enjoying the content, be sure to subscribe and share. For more inspirational content, 
visit asparkministries.com and sign up for the devotional and newsletter.